Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday of the 33rd week of the year, November the 14th. <clears throat> Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 and 14 through 22. The book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and 14 through 22. <clears throat> now, the book of Revelation has received a great deal of renewed attention, especially in the last several years or decades. And uh, we've come to a greater understanding of the book of Revelation. Uh, most people uh, have termed it the book at the end of the world and uh, have used it uh, often as a kind of almost book of fear, uh, but it's not. It's fundamentally a book of hope. It's a book of hope. It's hope based upon people and, in this case, this morning, the various churches at that particular time who are in need of repentance and reform. You say, well, where, where's the hope? Well, the hope is, is that God has extended, by his great mercy, time for repentance and reform, that the churches themselves are in need of repentance and reform. And the church is always in need of repentance and reform. St. John, uh, Pope John XXIII, uh, when he convened the Second Vatican Council in 1962, uh, again called for an ecumenical council for the church is in constant need of reform, uh, St. Pope John XXIII indicated. And this is very true. The church is a church founded on G in Jesus Christ, founded by Christ, and will endure until he comes again at the end of the world. <clears throat> but the church is also, while it is holy in its foundation, Jesus Christ, holy in its destiny, fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And the church is holy through the abiding of the Holy Spirit. Still, it is the church made also not only of saints, but also of sinners. And in this particular instance, it's very important to remember that the church is not above its own call for repentance and reform. We realize, and certainly in recent times, that the church also has uh, sinners in the church, and even those entrusted with great authority and great influence have themselves uh, <clears throat> sinned greatly and caused a great deal of scandal in the church in recent times sex abuse and various other kinds of difficulties in the church down through history. But that's true from the beginning, isn't it? Of the 12 apostles, one denied Jesus, one betrayed him, and the other 10, on that holy week, they ran away from Jesus. 
in his time of his arrest, his passion, and his death. And so the church has always been a church in need of reform. This should not lead us away from the church. It should lead us more determined, more open to God's grace, more desirous of living our own individual lives and lives as the church whole, the body of Christ, in need of God's mercy, repentance, and reform. And so that is a sign of hope. God doesn't say one and you're done, but God offers grace and mercy so that we might reform. But there are limits uh, in the sense that God just doesn't say, oh, well, we can just keep doing this forever. Or, yeah, well, you can repent and reform tomorrow. Or, you know, next week or, you know, when you get around to it. After all, this is a busy time of the year. And so, um, you know, maybe at the beginning of the new year. We're not promised the new year. We're not promised the next moment. We are sustained by God's grace and God's providential care. And so, this morning, in the book of Revelation, there are two particular churches that are singled out in this particular episode. In yesterday's reading, uh, the church at Ephesus was called to task. Today, there are two churches, the church of Sardis and the church of Laodicea. The church of uh, Sardis is uh, a church that takes a great deal of pride in itself, uh, in its uh, deeds, in its goodness, in its strength, and all that uh, it believes that it has done. It it boasts of itself in its own goodness. And the uh, vision that John, the apostle, receives is one of correction, uh, in which the vision says, I know your conduct, the conduct of the church. I know the reputation you have of being alive when in fact you are dead. Wow. In their own estimation, they're great. They're doing fine. No problem here. And the vision tells John, Tell them they're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains before it dies. In other words, take take a realistic look at yourself. Don't go around boasting and bragging how morally good you are, how holy and virtuous. But realize that you've fallen short of the glory of God. I find that the sum of your deeds is less than complete in the sight of my God. Call to mind how you accepted what you heard. Keep to it and repent. In other words, they're wandering away from the gospel, away from living, as the Lord uh, preached to them and taught them, and they received from the apostles. Uh, If you do not rouse yourselves 
I will come upon you like a thief at a time you cannot know. Rouse yourselves. Cooperate with grace. Uh, it also says, I realize that there are a few persons who have not soiled their garments. These shall walk with me in white because they are worthy. The victor shall go clothed in white. I will never erase his name from the book of the living, but will acknowledge him in the presence of my father and his angels. Therefore, what you should do is take all of your possessions, all the things that you think, and, and, and spiritual things, all these great, wonderful deeds that you think you've done. And they're soiled because of your pride and your arrogance. Go and sell them. Hand them to the Lord who gave them to you in the first place. And put on the white. That is purity and innocence and acknowledgement that comes, that all comes from God. And the victor shall be clothed in white. That is purity of heart. Blessed are the pure of heart. To will only the will of God and not our own will. For you shall be in the presence of God. He talks about, secondly, the church of Lydosia. He says, uh, <clears throat> I know your deeds. I know you are neither cold nor hot. In other words, how I wish you were one or the other, hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, if you're going to sin, sin. If you're going to be virtuous and holy, be virtuous and holy according to God's will. But don't be wishy-washy. Don't be kind of hot one minute, cold the next, so that you're bathing in lukewarm water. No, not lukewarm. Be one or the other. You keep saying, I am so rich and secure that I want for nothing. Little do you realize how wretched you are, how pitiable and poor, how blind and naked. Wow, that's, that's pretty direct. That's about as direct as you can get. In other words, you're living under an illusion. You're not living in the truth of your real deeds. Buy from me gold refined by fire if you would be truly rich. Buy white garments in which to be clothed if the shame of your nakedness is to be covered. Buy ointment to smear on your eyes if you would see once more. Whoever is dear to me, I reprove and chastise. Be earnest about it, therefore. Repent. That's for the church. The church is always in need of that honest evaluation and looking at itself and saying, Lord, we are most in need of your mercy. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is expected.
the church and its leaders, those of influence, more is expected because God has given them more, and they are to render an account of themselves. And each of us have received so much from Almighty God, the great gift of faith, the gift of our faith, precious beyond anything, the sum of everything in the world, doesn't even come up to a dot, uh, less than the the circumference of the head of a pin. There is nothing compared to the gift of faith that the Lord has blessed us with. But we have to nurture it by each day opening ourselves to grace so that we grow closer and closer to God each day. So let us as a church and let us as individuals examine ourselves in the light of truth through the Holy Spirit. Repent and reform and each day give thanks to God for the great gift of faith and for God's grace and mercy and ask God for the grace to help us grow closer to him each and every day. God bless you.